0: In a world where so much changes, it's good to know that something is always the same. Please pray with me. Dear Father in heaven, we ask you to join us here this morning, and we trust that you have kept your promise and are here with us in this place. May my words be your words, and all of our thoughts your thoughts. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the text that I'd like to draw your attention to for this post-Christmas pageant reflection is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verses 8 through 12. It begins with a bold claim, then offers a caution, before finally delivering good news for sinful people. And I thought of it because of the last line of our pageant. In a world where so much changes it's good to know that something is always the same. Here's Hebrews 13, verses 8 to 12. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not benefited those devoted to them. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat. For the bodies of the animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside the camp. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. I remember several years ago I was serving another church And I had a meeting with a couple who was concerned that the church's reliance on traditional teachings was keeping young people away. After all, they argued, times have changed. We know more now. We've progressed since then. And when I attempted to draw their attention to God's clear teaching in the Bible, they kind of shrugged. And I'll never... Not if I live to be a hundred years old, forget what the husband of this couple said next. Well, he said, that was written a long time ago. I couldn't believe it. What a thing for a person claiming to be a Christian to say. I mean, even if we didn't have the biblical assurance, the bold claim that I mentioned before, that Jesus, therefore his word, was the same yesterday, today, and forever, Even if we didn't have that testimony in Hebrews 13, do you know what we would lose if we got rid of things that were written a long time ago? How about, and Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. That, too, was written a long time ago. And do you know what was written even longer ago than that? The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's Isaiah chapter 9, looking forward to the coming Messiah and written... A long time ago. Everything, in fact, that we just spent the last little while enjoying took place and was written about a long time ago. And everything that we just spent the last little while enjoying really happened and is absolutely central to our salvation, right? Both things at the same time old and true. Truth is important, right? New is not always better than old. And certainly not if old is true. And after its bold claim about Jesus' permanent truth, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, Hebrews cautions us not to be led away by strange new teachings, knowing... That strange new teachings will come. And come they have. This world that we live in is at pains to convince us that the old teachings, the Word of God that was written a long time ago, is painfully out of date and needs some updating. The Word of God teaches us that God Himself created the heavens and the earth. The world tries to teach us that we are creators, giving the world whatever meaning we want. The Word of God teaches us that we are part of a sinful line, descendants of Adam and Eve, desperate to be our own little gods, arbiters of right and wrong. The Word of God teaches us that this project will lead inevitably to death. Now the world teaches us, or tries to teach us, that the serpent, who of course probably didn't really exist, was right. That we should be the ones who decide what's right and what's wrong. And that some fairy godfather in the sky is at best a projection of our hopes and dreams and at worst the rotten nightmare of our subconscious fears and insecurities. The word of God teaches us that there is in fact a God who is not us and that therefore acts miraculously in the world. A sea was split in two. A man spent three days in the belly of a great fish. And another man, in fact God made man, died, spent three days in a tomb, and then rose again, accomplishing the salvation of people who couldn't save themselves. And at this, the world just laughs flabbergasted only two things might possibly be true the world claims in response either you're just fine the way you are or if you decide you need saving from something you'd better save yourself no one else is going to do it of course these strange teachings aren't just new They've always been around. Perhaps our current cultural claim that there is no God at all would have sounded strange to a first century resident of Judea, but the idea that there were things you'd better do to save yourself would have sounded utterly familiar. When St. Paul entered the Areopagus in Athens, he saw that they had set up idols of every kind, including one to an unknown God. They were hedging their bets, right? Just in case. And he addressed them. Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed your objects of worship, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Now, Paul wouldn't have to change his sermon very much for today. Would he? Just a few words here and there. Men of the 21st century, he would say, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed your objects of worship, I found that you'd torn down every altar except the one with this inscription to myself. In our Areopagus, there are as many idols as there are people. Everyone is devoutly. Worshipping himself. But Paul knows that the worship of self is a death cult. It is a worship that gives itself over to lusts of the flesh, to pride, and finally to destruction. It is a worship that leads to death because it's based on a lie. The very first lie, the serpent's tempting whisper. And ever since we believed the lie that God didn't really mean what he said, we've been trying to place ourselves in a role that we cannot fill. We want to be gods, and we want to be saviors. Now, we can worship ourselves, but we cannot save. It turns out that the Areopagus, ancient or modern, doesn't have the answer. We need something that is actually true. And for that, we need to remember something that was written a long time ago. We need to remember something old. We need to know the word that God has actually said. Now this word, though indeed spoken and written a long time ago, has endured because it is actually true. It is not a lie. It's the actual word of God and offers good news to a sinful people. This is the gospel promise in Hebrews, following the bold claim and the caution. Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. This is the fulfillment of Isaiah's accompanying prophecy, written several hundred years before that. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. He died so that you might live. All of our modern day attempts to write new things, to scoff at things that were written long ago, are just the renewed efforts of Adam and Eve to suggest that the serpent was right, that God didn't really say. But God did say. We worship a God who speaks and did speak into the world, And he spoke by the embodiment of that word, his own son. In the beginning, wrote St. John, was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was there when God laid the foundations of the world. He was there when God spoke to Adam in Eden and to Moses on the mountain. Jesus was in the announcement of exactly how this world ought to order itself, the way things ought to be. He was there when we tried to take his place, to wrest his rightful position away from him and to place ourselves on that throne. He was there for all of it. Creation and fall and finally redemption finally he came here as a child as one of us and as one of us he was able in that moment of moments outside the gate on a criminal's cross to stand in our place as one of us He was able to come between God's judgment and our souls. In the face of our attempt to take his place, our Savior took ours. Christ Jesus, St. Paul wrote to the Philippians, was in the form of God, but did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men is what our children have so stirringly and beautifully reminded us of this morning. Our God came here And it was a joy that will be to all people. A savior was born to us. And he accomplished the rescue mission he came here to complete. For our sake, God made Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin, so that in him we could become the righteousness of God. And now, raised to glory, he reminds us of the good news, that when this world's False teachings trick us into thinking that we ought to be our own gods, that we can and ought to save ourselves, and that we are on our own. We can remember that that's a lie. That's bad news. And when it all falls apart and we realize that it was a lie and that we are not gods, we can come back here and remember a baby born in a manger Christ Jesus the word of God made manifest among us reminds us that he is God and is God of life that he is God come here God made manifest as God he can stand for us as God he knew no sin And as God, he can give that sinlessness to you. He accomplished it yesterday. It's true for you today and will be so forever. Amen.